Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pancake, nothing personal word of the day for Tuesday, December 7th, 2021, otherwise known as my future son-in-law's birthday. It is episode 499, folks, 499 of the regular episodes. We've done some sit-downs, some mailbags, etc. but you know what tomorrow is. It's 500. Get ready, Coca. Make sure your microphone's working. Make sure your makeup is on. Tomorrow's 500, but today is 499, and the word of the day is pancake, as in the Pancake Factory, the International House of Pancake Factory. Just got back from Austin a couple weeks ago and went to a Rolling Stones concert and walked around Austin and kept looking to see where the campus was, kept looking to see any fraternity parties I could go to, any sororities, any anything. Saw a bunch of Longhorn flags and not much else. I guess where I was staying, it was more people in the Rolling Stones demographic than in the college demographic. But somewhere in Austin, in addition to the good food and party atmosphere, there's a university called the University of Texas. University of Texas has started something called the Pancake Factory. (laughs) The Pancake Factory. Pancakes, when you're blocking someone in football, an offensive lineman, when they block a defensive lineman or a linebacker or a maybe a safety who is blitzing, and you block them so hard, they fall on their ass, they've been pancaked. I guess because pancakes are flat, so you've been flattened. Is that the joke of it, Coca? It's just a funny name. It's a name I'd come up with because it's interesting. And not to say that I come up with interesting names. Coca comes up with all the interesting names. It's just pancake. But why is that of interest? Because the University of Texas, a team that in my childhood, I have the feeling was good. Maybe they've been good, but they're not even playing in a bowl game. If you don't play in a bowl game, by the way, side note, Coca, I was going through the list of all of the bowl games. I was doing this yesterday while watching that absolute ridiculous football game last night in the frozen tundra of Biffalo, Buffalo, New York. And I was reading all the bowl games and when they are and all the sponsors. You've got the I don't smoke crack anymore game. You've got the Tostitos in a bowl game. You've got the Capital One, I don't use cotton swab game, whatever they're called. There's a million of them. And I don't know what it takes to be in a bowl game, but it's not a lot because there's so many. It used to be a big thing, right? You play on New Year's Day, then it's December 31st. Then the college football playoff games, and you play like into January. Then there's a bowl game. We did one at Marlins Park, Coca. I don't know if you know this. We hosted a bowl game. We did a deal, Claude Delorme did a deal, for an actual bowl game at Marlins Park when it was first built. I can't remember what the deal was. It was some conference. I want to say the American Airlines Conference or the 
American Association of Conference of We Can't Play Anywhere Else, something. I can't remember. Oh, what is it, Coca? The American Athletic Conference? Is that who we had at Marlins Park? Do you know that for sure? All right. Oh, the Miami Beach Bowl. That's what it was. Yes, it was. Oh, God. we may Because Marlins Park was built so we could have a football game because we were trying to do a deal with the Hurricanes, which would have been amazing because then Mario Cristobal could have taken his private plane and had the press conference at Marlins Park. But we, I negotiated with Donna Shalala to have the Hurricanes play at Marlins Park. And her concern was the way the football field would be is the third base dugout would be one end zone and right field would be the other end zone. And so you'd only have the first baseline as really good seats. The outfield seats would be terrible because they'd be so far away from the field. And the seats behind the first base dugout, which are normally great seats, would be bad seats because those would be end zone seats. And she was concerned that there wouldn't be enough good seats for people. And so she wanted to get a deal with Steve Ross and Pro Player Stadium, thinking that the other problem with Marlins Park is there'd only be 38,000 seats and so many of them would be bad. To which I said, Donna, you're not drawing more than that. And her view was, oh, no, but we're going to. And I think she may have thought that they were going to get Mario Cristobal at some point and start the program over and everything would be hunky-dory. But we got this Miami Beach Bowl and it was fun. The players enjoyed it. They loved coming to South Beach, thinking the majority of the teams that came thought that Marlins Park was on South Beach. So that was sort of an interesting thing when they got to Hialeah and said, wow, where's the nightclubs? And instead they found none of them. But anyway, so there's all these teams and bowls. Texas is not in a bowl. So Texas and their alumni and their boosters said, we have a plan. We're going to start paying people because this is ridiculous. So they got about $800,000 together from donors and boosters, and they created an endowment to pay offensive linemen $50,000 each. Every offensive lineman who's on scholarship is going to get $50,000 a year in salary as part of what is being called the Pancake Factory. And then there's another organization within Texas that pays them $100,000. So get this, folks. The linemen for the Texas Longhorns are being paid 150 grand. Do you make 150 grand? It's a lot of money for being in college and you don't pay for college. Ah, but they deserve it. Look at the amount of money they're bringing into the program. This is the dream for everyone who's been crying. How come these players are amateur? How come all these schools are making all this money and not paying the players? Well, guess what's gonna happen, folks? It's a total Karen Carpenter. We said it to you that we've only just begun. When NILs became allowed, name, image, likeness, where players can get paid and it's obviously coming from the school, but they have to funnel it through boosters and through other organizations that are on the ground, not associated, quote unquote, not affiliated, quote unquote, but certainly directed by the school. So when the coaches walk in and recruit, just picture Manny Diaz walking in, recruiting someone from Miami. Hi, I'm about to be fired, but I have a deal for you. I've got someone who's going to pay you 150 grand. Just come to our school. You look big. You're local. We never get enough Florida people. We need more Florida people going to Miami. Would you take 150 grand and come to school? You'll get a good education. We're ranked in the top 600. 
the reason I'm sarcastic and angry about all this is that either you're in the pond or you're out of the pond. Either you are a professional athlete or you are an amateur athlete. Take a side. If you want to make college football professional, I'm in. If you want to make college football amateur, I'm in. What I'm not in for is hiding under the cover of amateurism and funneling money to players in a way that is so obvious that it's beyond credibility. It's beyond credibility. The pancake factory paying an offensive lineman 150 grand. All these schools during COVID. Oh, I'm so poor. We got to cut programs. The water polo team. See you later. Oh, the men's field hockey team. Bye-bye. All of a sudden, they've got money to pay coaches to go away. Everyone would always ask us, why would you spend so much money to buy out managers? You're paying two managers. You're paying a manager a million dollars to manage. You're paying a manager $2 million not to manage. And I would say we're paying a manager $3 million. It's what schools do. LSU got together. They paid Orgeron $17 million to leave. Florida paid Mullen $12 million. TCU Patterson $12 million. USC Helton $10 million. Manny Diaz just got a four spot to disappear. See you later. And yet coaches are coming in and signing these huge long-term deals. Multiple years. How many coaches survive long-term at a school? It happens, no doubt. Saban's been at Alabama for a long time. Pete Carroll's been at USC for a long time. Right? (laughs) It doesn't last, folks. It's like the lifespan expected in the cave age. Wow, you're 53 years old. You're in a nursing home. Now, not so much. Now you're doing nothing personal every day. Follow the money if you would. We talk about money on this show because that's what it's all about. Schools have money for what they want to have money for, and they go get it when they need it. All this attention the University of Miami is getting for taking the money from the health department All this attention that schools willing to pay buyouts for reasons unbeknownst to me, except for the teams aren't winning enough. Here's a shock. How many schools are there in Division I, Coca? 60? 80? 100? Is there a chance that's close? 110? I don't know. Whatever number there is. 130 teams in Division I. Thank you. How did you have that off the top of your head when you didn't know we were going to talk about this exactly? I am quite impressed. So 130 teams. So let's just pretend that the median is 500. So I'm just going to say for fun that 65 teams finish above 500 and 65 teams finish below 500 because every game that's played in theory, one team wins, one team loses. Let's forget a tie or people. Division one playing division two, which I don't know whether that happens, but just assume that half the teams finish below 500. Doesn't that mean that 65 Division I teams are expecting to do better and don't. And the first thing you do when you expect to do better and when you feel like you should do better but you're not is you get rid of your coach. So wouldn't it make sense that half the teams are always looking for a new coach? Then why are they signing long-term deals? Would it also make sense that half the teams are going to pay players through these NIL deals and still not make bowl games or get the amount of revenue that they need to help support other programs? But you know what? They've got boosters. They've got 
alumni. This vicious circle cycle of buying out coaches, it's not ending. The numbers are just getting bigger as time passes. We're going to look back on this year where almost $100 million has been given to coaches and buyouts. And we'll say, yeah, that was a good year in 21, post-COVID. In 2031, $100 million will be a normal off-season to pay coaches to not play. Kids, you want to do something for a living? Be a coach. It's always good to do something for a living where other people can't do it, but they probably could. They just don't have the opportunity. And then you work your way up because most people aren't willing to put in the time or the effort to actually take jobs, whether it's in professional sports or amateur sports or college sports. Does it mean that there are 130 people are the best 130 people in the world to coach or that the seven offensive linemen on 130 team, what, there's five offensive linemen, right? So that's 500 plus 150, right? So 650 offensive linemen in division one. Is that about right? What's 130 times five? 100 times five, 30 times five. I think that's 650. I could be wrong. Does that mean that they're the best offensive linemen in the country? Nah, they're going where the money is. I'm a little grumpy about it. I shouldn't be, you know what? Cut that, Coca. I'm really not grumpy about it. I'm going to do a different ending to the segment, okay? All right. Three, six, nine. You know, the thing about college athletics is that while we can follow the money all we want, the truth is you are the contributing factor to why coaches get bought out, why players are being paid the amount of money they're being paid, and I dig it. You want to be entertained on Saturdays. You want to listen to Cover 3 podcasts. You want to follow your college. You want to feel pride when your alma mater is in a bowl game or wins a championship game or unbelievably could be in the college football playoff. You want to say that you are a Cincinnati Bearcat and look at me, I'm a top four team. And you're willing to ignore other programs, other chairs that are not endowed in the academic part of the school because athletics make you feel good. That's why professional sports teams are worth so much. That's why players make so much money. That's why college athletic coaches and college players make so much money because you're entertained by it. You'll pay for it. You'll bet on it. So those of you upset, don't be. Embrace it. We deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every day. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms your body can actually use. What won't you find? Sugar, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, and artificial colorants. Plus, the fresh taste and delayed-release capsule design make taking your vitamins easy. I take Ritual every day. Two capsules. They slide down the gullet with ease. They have a great aftertaste, and they're really good vitamins. I choose to take Ritual because I learned about Ritual when they became interested in nothing personal, and I couldn't be happier that they are. You always know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. It's now available for women, men, and teens, and men over 50. Hello, Ritual multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support different life stages. Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash nothing personal to start your ritual today. 
Remember, that's ritual.com slash nothing personal to start your ritual today. How do we do that, Coca? We good? We were not good last time. Ritual was very unhappy. Just want to make sure we're okay. Should we do it again? All right. How are we doing up in Portland? Is anyone paying attention to the Portland Trailblazers? If you're not, you should be. Portland Trailblazers are a story that we've talked about a little bit on Nothing Personal, so let me give you a little tiny update. Update number one. They hired Chauncey Billups. Right after they hired Chauncey Billups, Chauncey Billups, it came to the attention that he was involved in previous domestic abuse. He was not canceled. He was not fired, even though I did not think he would coach a game for the Trailblazers. We had a wait to see, and guess what? I got it wrong because we revisit wait to sees. Then they had a star player named Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard, who was recently voted one of the top 75 players of all time, which he's not, but he was. He's having the worst season of his career. He wanted to be traded. Then he said, no, I'm good. I'm giving it my all. I love you, Portland. Now he's having a terrible season. And word is coming out that the players hate Chauncey Billups. And Billups is the one who Lillard basically handpicked. Even though there was a rumor he was handpicking someone else, he really was after Billups, got Billups. Billups has lost the locker room. They are a month into the first season of the Billups tenure. They're 11 and 13. They just lost. They gave 145 points to Larry Bird and the Boston Celtics the other day. 145 points. And by the way, the reason why Chauncey Billups was hired was to help the defense. How did he do? I think he's done very well. Well, now the question is, given the dysfunction that exists in the organization, they're missing a president and a GM. Their president resigned. His name was McGowan, and he just took a job that I read yesterday, Coca. Come on, help me. Help this old brain of mine. McGowan of the Trailblazers was recently hired to take over the business operations of, oh, the Illich Holdings. So he left Portland and he moved to Detroit to run the business side of the Tigers and the Red Wings and the other Illich Holdings. That's Mike Illich's son, Chris Illich, who runs it. The Trailblazers are the team who just fired Neil Oshie. That was the GM who they hired a law firm named Dewey Coca and Samson Howe to investigate the workplace atmosphere and misconduct. And then that investigation was done in a skippy and he was fired. So basically, the Trailblazers are an absolute mess. How do you lose a locker room after 24 games? It's simple. If you treat your star differently, or if you treat your star the same, but you don't communicate with your star the way you're going to treat them. Do you hear the subtlety of that statement? Some coaches and managers come in and meet with the star of the team and say, just know I'm going to be on you more than any other player. Some people come in and meet with the rest of the team and say, just so you know, we are a team, but our superstar over there is going to get a few moments to himself, a few things that the owner is going to give him that he's not going to give the rest of us, but just know that's going to happen. 
That type of communication, I've seen it both ways. I've done it both ways. I don't like doing it the latter way. I'd much rather treat the superstar the way every other player is treated. But the reality is that if you don't communicate with your team, you can lose them in a game. It doesn't take 24 games. And if you try to instill a system, a discipline, a change to what is the norm that these players have lived with for years, the entitlement these players have had since juniors, and then you don't win games, you've lost the locker room. And once you lose the locker room, it's like trust. You can take a lifetime building it, you take a second to lose it, and then you need a second lifetime to rebuild it. It doesn't mean your team can't be successful. Look at Tony La Russa with the White Sox. Totally lost the locker room and they still made the playoffs. Failed in the playoffs, but they made it. They won that crappy division, the AL Central. Chauncey Billups will not have an opportunity to regain the Portland Trailblazers locker room. Chauncey Billups is done in Portland. So I'm going to give you a wait to see. And it's another Chauncey Billups wait to see. He will not coach after this season. He'll be a one and done in Portland. There'll be a power struggle with Damian Lillard and the player will win because the front office and the ownership does not have the stomach to have another off season of unrest and then another season of poor performance. Wait to see Billups is done. How about this one? Joe Biden made an announcement yesterday. It's a big deal, folks. The United States has decided to boycott the Beijing Olympics. Oh my God, I've been working for so many years to be an athlete and to win a gold medal because I get paid so much money in endorsements. It's so great. Now I can't go? Oh, wait a minute. I'm calling my agent who I'm not supposed to have. Can I go to Beijing? Yes. It's not a boycott of the Olympics like Moscow in 1980. It's a diplomatic boycott. What the hell is that? A diplomatic boycott means that the United States is not going to send any luminaries. There'll be no president, vice president, first lady, first vice president lady. Oh, that's the first man. Sorry. The vice president's husband won't go, the vice president. The president, the president's wife. Secretary of State, Secretary of the Interior, Secretary of the Treasury. Agriculture Secretary, Department of Health and Human Services, you are going to Beijing. Nope, we're boycotting. A diplomatic boycott simply means that the U.S. will not send an official delegation to China. Who cares? That's really taking a position, Joe. That's showing great leadership. We're not going to take it. We're not going to take the human rights abuses that China engages in. We're not going to take the communist censorship that they engage in. We are not going to take the fact that the IOC was okay awarding the games to China and now China's getting rid of tennis players. Like that's news. Did the United States just say to themselves, wow, we can't find that doubles player, but then we saw her, but she didn't look so good. You know what? We're not going to Beijing. They had the epiphany today, just now. 
Or better yet, they were negotiating with China. Hey, would you like to maybe treat people better and maybe let people on the internet and maybe not kill people who say things that go against you? Any chance you'd allow for elections? I mean, just I'm just I'm just spitballing here. What are your thoughts on the big D? And I don't mean defense. How about a little democracy just for S's and G's? Oh no? Oh, then we're gonna boycott. Hold on. Let me call Kushner and see if he can broker something in China. I know he's already overseas raising money from the Saudis, the Arabs everywhere. A little payback time for when he worked in the White House. It's time to get richer, actually rich. I guess if you borrow a billion dollars and live like you are worth a billion dollars, maybe you are rich. Fake it till you make it. But I'm going to call in Jared because he was so good at doing the Middle East peace. Remember, he made peace in the Middle East, so there's now total peace there. Everything's good. So now we're bringing him in to take care of the China human rights abuses. Did we do it? Hey, Joe, I couldn't get it done. Ah, We're boycotting the Olympics, but only diplomatically. We don't want the athletes to have to suffer. Did they just figure this out? They were thinking about it. Maybe they thought that we're not going to do it. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. You know why? We're going to wait because we think we're going to make some progress. China reacted to this diplomatic boycott in a pretty funny way. There's a spokesperson because even China has spokespeople, and I'm sure that he says whatever he wants. The foreign ministry spokesperson, his name is Xiao, he said the boycott seriously violates. That's not a, a what's it called, when you, a translation issue. He actually said that. Seriously violates the principle of political neutrality of sports established by the Olympic Charter and runs counter to the Olympic motto, more united. Horse hockey. But then he threatened us. Are you nervous? Are you? China will respond with, quote, resolute countermeasures. The U.S. will pay a price for its practices. Stay tuned for follow-ups. Hashtag wait to see, which looks totally different in Chinese characters, might I add. And it doesn't exactly translate. But we got to wait to see from the foreign ministry spokesperson. I think I know what China's going to do. I think that they're going to start censoring people. I think they're going to start managing the message so that the only thing we know what's going on is what they say is going on. I think they're going to kill people torture people and imprison people. And I think they're going to make sure that they live in a society that's not free, but they're going to keep trading shoes to the United States. I like it. A diplomatic boycott. I can't boycott China. I admit it. Everything I have, everything, that's hyperbole. So many things I use are made in China. If I were serious about the China human rights abuses, like really serious, I wouldn't have an iPhone, would I? I guess it's a topic that I'm willing to be passionate about as long as I'm not inconvenienced, which means it must not be a topic I really care about. And that hurts me to say. But isn't that the truth? When you say that something matters to you when it comes down to it, your actions speak louder than words. I can say that racism means something to me and I know how I act and I know what I do for equality, for diversity, for inclusion. And I don't even need a chief diversion officer, diversity officer to do it. But when it comes to boycotting China, I never pretended that I would or could because there's certain things that I'm not willing to do. And that makes me feel like crap as I think about it. 
I grew up in a household where there were boycotts left and right, except they were followed through. Weren't allowed Nestle's in my childhood home because of what Nestle's would do in third world countries, making women buy milk, buy Nestle's product, saying that breast milk wasn't good. So we weren't allowed to have Nestle's Crunch, Nestle's hot chocolate or hot cocoa. And I was always bothered by that because I didn't understand the issue. But I give credit to my mother. Unfortunately, there are certain things that it didn't pass down into my generation to. And I wonder if it passed to your kids and your generation, these boycotts and what you do with them. So what the U.S. did is they came up with this great concept, a diplomatic boycott. China is really quivering with that one. Way to go, Joe. Good luck, athletes in Beijing. I hope you all come back. When we come back, we're going to review the next Ridley Scott movie called The Last Duel. And don't shut off nothing personal until we're done with 45 minutes. And you're going to want to hear this MLB lockout update. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. Thank you for making it through the gauntlet. Thank you for buying Ritual Vitamins. Thank you for going on LinkedIn. Thank you for supporting us and all we've done through 499 episodes. You download, you follow, you subscribe. You tell your friends about Nothing Personal. It's really cool. Every day, I write the book. Every day, every day, I write the book. God, I miss Elvis Costello. Is he performing anymore, Coca? I used to see Elvis Costello a lot in concert. My favorite Elvis Costello concert was the Wheel Concert at Brown University when I was a freshman. He played at Brown. And I got to visit my best friend who just passed away this past year, dropped out of a heart attack at 51. What a shitty year 2021 was. Anyway, so I was thinking about Elvis Costello. I don't know why. What was I just... Oh, every day I watch a movie. I told you I was going to watch The Last Duel. I bought it and I watched it on a pretty big screen. Adam Driver, Matt Damon, and Jody from Killing Eve. Last name... 
Comer. It is a movie about Paris in the 14th century and these duels that would take place. And in order to have a duel, you have to appeal to the king and the king will say, all right, duel to the death. And these were, it's like Gladiator. By the way, Coca, if you love Gladiator, which you do because I know you do, you will love The Last Duel because it is this grandiose, epic picture that for whatever reason, Ridley Scott said bombed, but it bombed because it was quote unquote streaming and then it was in theaters, but it was COVID. I thought Adam Driver was terrific. I thought Matt Damon was great, but Jodie Comer stole the show. And the way Ridley Scott did it is you saw the same story three times from three different perspectives about something that happened. And it builds this crescendo because the message is everything is different depending on the perspective. That's why it's so difficult in a court of law with a jury. It's so difficult to know the truth about anything, even with eyewitnesses, because everyone takes a situation and personalizes it. Everyone can look at the same thing and come up with 20 different notions of what took place. It's all personal bias. There's all confirmation bias involved. But the movie treated it in a fascinating way that was not boring. The action scenes are full of action. I would not want any part of this hand-to-hand -hand combat that Matt Damon takes part in that was going on in Paris. And they don't speak in French accents like Ridley Scott had Adam Driver speak in the Italian accent in House of Gucci. They just speak English. Or am I wrong? Did they speak English with a French accent? Did I just screw up that entire topic? because I do speak French and to me, I didn't notice it. Interesting, I don't know the answer to that. I'm gonna have to rewatch a scene, but either way, it's not as noticeable as it was in House of Gucci. To me, it wasn't noticeable at all. The Last Duel is a movie that is worth your time. I spent 19.99 on it and it was worth every penny. I bought the extras, there was a 30 minute documentary that came with the extras when you buy the movie on iTunes and the 30 minute documentary is Ridley Scott doing his work. So if you're interested in Ridley Scott as a director and seeing how these movies are made, which always fascinates me, buy it, enjoy it. The Last Duel, that's back to back jacks. Tomorrow, I'm reviewing a movie that Coca told me to watch called Last Night in Soho. So you may wanna watch that before tomorrow's show. Although tomorrow is episode 500 with Coca. I wonder if we're not going to get to a review tomorrow. Huh. I guess we'll have to wait to see. All right. It's time for the MLB lockout update. And here it is. And that's your daily update for the MLB lockout. All right, Coca. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. Half-Baked, it's from the movie. If you're new to nothing personal, go watch Half-Baked. It's critical to be 31, 30 seconds baked when you watch it, if that's your type of thing. If not, okay. Half-Baked has a character named Samson, and everyone wants to talk to Samson. So get on Twitter, David P. Samson, D-A-V-I-D-P-S-A-M-S-O-N. David, P as in Philip, Samson. Hit follow, get into the DMs which are open. I respond to as many as I can. Questions are good. Sometimes I respond on Twitter. Sometimes I respond in a mailbag. Sometimes I respond on a show. Sometimes I can't get to it, and that's just how it goes. 
Hello, David. Hello. Justin Verlander is in lockout limbo. Did the Astros find something on Verlander that they didn't like? Can you explain why his deal was announced, but he is still a free agent? Yes, I can. A little bit of baseball in my life. Mamba number five. So, when you're a free agent, you have an agent. Your agent calls teams, but in the real world, it's teams that reach out to the agent of a player they want. Hello, we're looking to sign Justin. How's he feeling? Oh, he's good. Didn't you see him throw? He's throwing 96. He's totally rehabbed. He's spoken to Kate. He's ready to move to your city right now and help bring you a championship. Well, he hasn't pitched in a couple years. No problem. He's fine. All right. Well, we're looking at about one year. How about 15 million plus incentives? If he starts a full year, we'll get him up to 20 to 25 million. That's a nice offer, but we're going to need two years because we already have one year. We've got one year 18.4 in the qualifying offer. This is all going on after Verlander got the qualifying offer from Houston. Well, I don't think we can guarantee a second year. Nobody's totally healthy. Well, you know we're going to have to do a physical on him, right? Well, yeah, but, you know, we did our own physical on him, and I assure you that he's GTG. He is good to go. Well, how about one year plus an option, a vesting option? If he starts 25 games this coming season, then we'll vest him into a second year and we'll guarantee 20 million the second year. So let's say two years, we'll pay him 30 million guaranteed, 10 million guaranteed this year, 20 million guaranteed next year if he starts 23 games. And if he starts 23 games, we'll do incentives that will cause his salary this year at 23 starts to be $20 million. So we could get 40 million guaranteed. Well, no, that doesn't work because we have 18.4 from the Astros if he doesn't start a game. So his base has to be 18.4. I get it. All right, we'll give him a base of 18.4, then incentives to get to 25, and then a team option for 25 the second year. No, no, you guarantee the option for the second year. All right, fine. Two years, $50 million. Yeah, but we don't want to lose a draft pick. Well, you're going to lose a draft pick because you're signing a multi-year contract to a player who got a qualified offer. Yeah, you know, I don't feel so great about that. All right, we'll get back to you. The agent calls up the Astros and said, listen, don't you want Verlander to play for you? I think you should. It'd be great, right? 18.4? No, I already turned that down. Just bring me back $50 million over two years. All right, we'll do it. I mean, we're losing Granke. Makes sense. McCullers is hurt. We almost won the World Series with no pitching, so we could probably do it without you. But it'd be good to have you back. You're really good like a pitching coach. And Kate's happy here. And you've got a house in Jupiter. No, no, that's Scherzer, sorry. Yeah, whatever. Just we'll do it. All right, physical time. Ooh. What the hell's that? I thought you said... You threw 96, but your ligament's barely attached. And by the way, your shoulder looks like it's 80 years old. There's no way you're pitching two more years. How old are you? Hold on, let me rip you open and count your rings. Holy crikeys. 
Your insides look like they're 97 years old. Oh, I know she keeps you young, JV, but your innards are old. I'm talking old. I don't think I can do this. I can't guarantee $50 million. Oh, crap. There's a lockout coming. What are we going to do? Nothing. We're not doing this deal. Folks, that's what happened with Justin Verlander. That's the exact recreation of what happened. The reason why the deal wasn't done is something was found in the physical. That's the only logical explanation. It's happened many times before in my career. And when something you find in a physical, when you first agree to terms with the player pending physical, which is what every agreement is, you then shockingly do the physical. If you don't like what it says, you go back to the agent and say, Houston, we have a problem. Then the player says, that's no problem, I'm fine. The team says, oh no, it's not going to be fine. The doctor calls the owner. The owner says, ooh, I'm not so comfortable. The owner calls the GM, I'm not so comfortable. The GM calls the agent and says, we're not so comfortable. The agent says to the player, they're not very comfortable. The player says to the agent, I don't care. I've got duct tape in my arm. I'm good. Oh, there's a lockout. And after the lockout, you can't even talk to the player, which means that Justin Verlander is a free agent unsigned. He turned down his qualifying offer, and he's not signed by any team. He is guaranteed exactly $0 next year. And now that he's maybe hurt, maybe other teams are seeing that the Astros didn't get the deal done, there's going to be some spinning from the Verlander camp. Here's my prediction. Justin Verlander will not get two years, $50 million when the lockout's over. Market Coca. We're adding a wait to see. In episode 499, it's a double wait to see. Justin Verlander will not get his 50 over two. I tweeted that the Patriots are going to make the Super Bowl now, I think. I watched that game. I liked watching the warm-ups where the wind was so strong that when you kicked the ball into the air, it came back into your face. I liked the fact that Mac Jones threw three passes. Three passes! And the Patriots beat the Bills. It's a good thing we only had the Bills minus three and didn't do the money line. I'm done being disappointed by the Biffalo Buffs. Pathetic. Patriots. They're just defense. I guess defense just wins, Coca. And when you have bad weather and a good defense, that means you're going to win a game. The Patriots beat the Bills outright. We are now 163 and 148. Could that be the Super Bowl preview that we just watched? or the AFC Championship preview? Could the Patriots really make the Super Bowl? Could Mac Jones quarterback them to a Super Bowl? Is that possible? I don't know. All I know is the Pats won, and they're just a better team than Buffalo. I guess they're the number one seed in the entire AFC now. All right, I get to watch Irvin Magic Johnson against Larry Bird tonight. I, I know Parrish is playing. Mikhail's hurting, but he's going to play. Michael Cooper is definitely okay, but Worthy is out. But Jabbar is in. Lakers, two and a half over the Celtics. LeBron, now would be a good time to win a game. I know this is crazy, but I don't think being in the play-in is exactly the situation you want to be in, especially because you hate the play-in. So my advice to you, Start winning games and start tonight and win by a field goal, would you please? Lakers, two and a half over the Celtics. Yesterday, Medina Spirit died, Coca. Rest in peace. We have a wait to see on Medina Spirit. And now that it's posthumous, 
I think we may lose that wait to see. The wait to see is that he's going to get the Kentucky Derby strip from him. Medina Spirit is a horse. Dropped dead of a heart attack after a workout yesterday. I was trying to imagine what it's like when a horse has a heart attack. Is there somebody on the horse and then all of a sudden the horse just stops and drops and then you fall off the horse? Or are you walking the horse like back to the paddock and all of a sudden you're tugging and the horse isn't moving and you turn around and the horse is down? Or does it sort of dramatically start breathing heavily, grab its hoof to its chest and then fall? Do you shoot the horse when they're having the heart attack if they're not dead and they're struggling? I got a lot of questions about this. All I know is the owners of Medina Spirit are despondent. Why? Because do you know how much money Kentucky Derby winning horses make from horse racing? A pittance. Do you know how much Kentucky Derby winning horses make by having sex? A fortune. When you own a horse, you breed that horse. You have that horse screw as many female horses as possible. And every time there's an ejaculation, you get tens of thousands of dollars. And guess what? They do it a lot. And I mean a lot. There's no wine. There's no movies. There's no walks on the beach at sunset. It's wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, give me the money. Winning the Derby only matters after the Derby. Now all the people who go in the winner's circle, they're all happy because they bet their horse and they won 200 grand and there's a purse of a half a million dollars or a million dollars. Medina Spirit made $3 million in career earnings. That is nothing. I once had a conversation on a panel with the owner of the Triple Crown winner, whose name totally escapes me, but he's a Yeshiva University graduate. What's the name of that horse that won the Triple Crown? I wanted to say Primal Fear, but that's the movie. It's not that. Primal Source, Source Code, whatever. Anyway, he went through the numbers with me about what his horse was making by breeding. And I said, do you watch? Like, how long does it last? How many in a day? Do you need Viagra? Do you put on some music? And he just said, you know what I do? I've got my bank on speed dial and I deposit money. Well, yes, it's American Pharaoh. Thank you, Coca. That's who I was with on a panel, Ahmed Zayed. Rich with a capital R. Well, the owner of Medina Spirit, I forgot his name. Do we have it, Coca? I think it's the Zidane Racing Stables, Amir Zidane. Bob Baffert was the trainer who said, our most sincere condolences go out to Mr. Amir Zidane and the entire Racing Stables family. They are in our thoughts and prayers as we go through this difficult time. (laughs) So sad. I'm okay sticking my horse with steroids. I'm okay putting clear in the cream on his hoofies. But what I really want is the bing, bang, boom. Now, I'm not saying I'm happy Medina Spirit died, because I'm not. I'm merely saying when horses die, the owner's angry because it's just business. This is nothing personal.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 